Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about the idea of passing the test. I got to tell you, I hated tests in school. How many of you hated tests when you were in school? How many of you hated tests? Yeah, most of us, we hated tests. Now, we're in church, so you got to be honest with me. How many of you did not hate taking tests in school? How many of you did not hate taking tests? And that's why we all hated you. I'm just kidding. We didn't hate you. You're amazingly smart. But for most of us, the whole idea of taking a test really stressed us out. And it kind of weighed on us. And it wasn't something we looked forward to. Um, It was kind of a struggle. And when we get down the idea that God tests us, it just doesn't hit you in that great of a spot, does it? It doesn't feel that great, the idea that God tests us. But yet that's what the Bible says. So we're going to look at that this morning, what the Bible has to say about testing. And to do that, we're going to go to James chapter 1. Let's take a look at what James, it's a familiar section of scripture. Most of us, uh, we've read this and, and know this little section of scripture. So we'll start reading James 1 and verse 1 says, James, a servant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll stop there. Pretty cool that James refers to himself as the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because this isn't James... Uh, like the Apostle James, like Peter, James, and John. This is James, like the half-brother of Jesus James, right? They got the same mom and different dad, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, he's the half-brother of Jesus. So, like, I've got two brothers, um, and i got to tell you, I would never call either one of them God, just so you know. So I think it's great evidence here just showing that Jesus is God, the fact that his own brother calls him God. Pretty cool. Anyhow, humble guy, he calls him uh, servant of Jesus Christ. He says, to the 12 tribes, uh, these are the sons of Jacob, they're scattered throughout the nation, so they're, they're being scattered and they're being uh, all throughout Asia Minor, they're being persecuted because of following Jesus Christ. So these guys are not having a great week, okay? Uh, you should read about this. It's, they're going through some bad stuff. They're trying to follow Christ and they're not having a good day, so he just jumps right into it. It's not like, if you read some of Paul's letters, uh, it's, uh, he's kind of like, hi, and grace and peace to you, and I'd like to talk to you about this. Uh, he doesn't beat around the bush. He just jumps right into it. And that's what it's like when you're going through a test, right? There's not a lot of time for a bunch of words. You just got to cut to the chase. So that's what he does. He just jumps right in. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. How's that working for you this morning? How's that joy part going, Right? Does, I mean, what? Consider it a joy when I'm going through a trial? Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Consider it a joy. Consider it a joy. All right. Well, one of the reasons why I think we struggle with the idea of considering it a joy is because I think we tend to mix up the words joy and happiness. Uh, you know, the subject, or, you know, in Wisconsin, we might say happiness. You know, like we're going to have some friends over and you know, we'll watch the Packers and cook some brats and we're going to have us some happiness, you know. But the subject of joy is a universe away from happiness. It's a different deal altogether. And I want to tell you right at the onset of today's message that, that I've been through some tests. I, I, I've been through some trials. You know, I don't want you to think that, you know, well, you know, Bob, he's one of the pastors at the church and Pastor Mark's letting him preach this morning, so he must really have it all together. He must have it all figured out. Well, you know, God's been great to my wife and I and to our family, but we've been through some tests. And uh, some of you might know, uh, just a uh, few months ago, my mom had surgery on cancer. And any of you that have had a parent go through something like that, it's a tough deal, right? 
and it's a test, and it's a trial, and it's something you go through that's it's tough in your life. And uh, uh, my, my daughter, many of you know, uh, I've got three little kids. I've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And my five-year-old Dylan, uh, he's about to turn six. Dylan's awesome. Uh, and then my three-year-old Adderley, my little girl, uh, she, ever since she was born, she's been having surgeries. She's three years old. She's had 11 surgeries already. And in between surgeries is an amazing amount of work. And there's a lot of pain involved and it's tough and it's a test. In a couple weeks, she's going in for number 12. It's a test. It's a, it's a trial. It's something that's going on in your life. And it's, I've been through that. Uh, the last time I had a chance to preach here, uh, in fact, I was sitting on a stool. Uh, not because I thought I was cool preaching from a stool, but because I broke my ankle and I was in a boot and couldn't even stand up. I was walking with crutches and I was uh, playing catch one day and I rolled my ankle and broke it and broke my foot. And it was a test. It's tough. You know, you, you, you can't help around the house. And I've been through some tests. So I just want you to know, I know you guys don't want some guy up here talking about how to get through a test that hasn't ever been tested. I've, I've been through some things. And I understand what it's like to go through hard things. So... You know, when I was thinking about this idea of joy versus happiness, I, I was thinking, you know, who are some of the happiest people in the world? And I thought of the, the game show, The Price is Right. <laughs> How many of you guys ever seen The Price is Right? Yeah? You guys watch The Price is Right? What, you guys don't go to work at all? <laughs> no, I've seen The Price is Right, too. I used to watch it all the time when I was a little kid. And, man, people are just fired up, and they're happy because they're going to get a new refrigerator, you know, and they're so happy. And... It's like, don't you already have a refrigerator? What are we so happy about? But, but we get excited. And so I, I got excited. So I went to YouTube and found a little clip that I thought I'd show you this morning. Here it comes in the Bob Parker studio at CBS in Hollywood. Television's most exciting I like that guy. fantastic prizes. The fabulous 60-minute price is right. Daniel shoots. Come on down. He's pumped. High five. Nancy Perkins, come on down. <laughs> Brian Bondi, come on down. I like this guy right here. Got that 80s mustache. <laughs> and Bonnie Campbell, come on down. They're all wearing the team uniforms. You are the first four contestants on The Price is Right. Now, here is the star of The Price is Right, Bob Parker. Yeah, Bob Parker. Don't make you smile. <laughs> How about that, huh? Man, I gotta love The Price is Right. Bob Barker, he'll get you pumped up and happy. Nothing like the 80s to make me smile either, you know? People wearing mom shorts and guys with mustaches and that whole deal. Man, it gets me fired up. I get happy. Well, I just want to say, you know, the whole idea of going through a test, when you've been through it, what people say will bring you happiness in life, that stuff just doesn't bring the same weight anymore, does it? The stuff that people say will bring you happiness. When you've been through something, there's, there's a different value. There's something deeper. There's something better. There's something more. 
you know, I thought I'd give us just a little definition of joy that we could work with this morning. So the first thing I want to say about joy is that joy is a gift from God, right? So if you think you're going to head down to the basement, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to go get myself some joy and I'm going to come back up, you're going to be in the basement for a long time, right? Because where does joy come from? It comes from God. Joy is a gift from God. And joy is, is it's a joy in what? Well, here it is. Joy is a supernatural delight. So it, it comes from God. It's a gift from Him. Joy is a supernatural delight in the person of God. God Himself. And in the purposes of God. Even if you don't understand what's going on, even if you can't see it, in the purposes of God. And it's a, it's a joy in the people of God. And that's why we all come to church, right? I know we all come to hear Pastor Mark and hear the great worship and all the great things going on, but we come here to be around other people that are fired up about God. So joy is, or joy is a supernatural delight in the person of God, the purposes of God, and in the people of God. So back to the Bible. When it says, count it all joy, he's not talking about the price is right, I'm so, I'm so happy. It's, it, it's something much better than that, all right? He says, count it all joy, My brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, that word face there in some translations will say fall into, and that's kind of what it's like when you're going through a trial, isn't it? Something that just kind of seems, usually it just falls into your life. It's kind of like you're walking along and you break your ankle. It just, it's a bummer, you know, and things tend to blindside us like that. And I think that there's probably some grace and there's some mercy in that from God that if we saw all the things coming in our life, uh, I think we'd be so wrapped up in anxiety just seeing it coming that we wouldn't be able to get through it. But, but God gives us the grace, and, and so we get, we get through things. So in the Bible, I want to draw your attention in verse 2 to that first word there where he says, consider it. Um, some of the translations are going to say, count it, uh, weigh it. It's uh, the literal translation of that word means to press your mind down upon so when it says consider it a joy, it's not talking about, ah, yeah, consider that a joy, you know. No, it's talking about you, you actually have to count it. You've got to weigh it. You've got to consider it. You've got to press your mind down upon it. And you've got to think about it. It's something you've got to consider. You can't come to the joyful conclusion about a trial without considering it. You've got to press your mind down upon it. Because most of the times when we're facing a trial, most of us would say, honestly, really? Consider that a joy? Consider it a joy? No, you've got to count it. So I thought I'd give us some things that we could consider this morning. So the first thing I think would be good for us to consider when you're going through a test is this. What happened to me? Ask that question. What happened to me? And I think it's a good question to ask because a lot of times I don't think our minds allow us to be all that specific. So, you know, I've talked to some people, oh, I'm struggling. Well, what are you struggling with? I don't know, life is just crazy or this or that. So I think it's good to be specific, you know. My son is rebelling against me or I've lost my job. We're facing bankruptcy. Be specific. Maybe you need to actually write it down. What happened to me? Secondly, ask this. Why am I still here on earth? I think it's an important question to ask. I think it's one of the big questions we tend to ask ourselves anyhow. But ask that. When you're going through something, why am I here on earth? I mean, I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm going to heaven someday. Why do I even get to draw another breath? Why am I still here on earth? I think it's an important question. And then the third thing to consider is this. Why or how can what is happening to me advance the purposes for why I'm still here? 
And could I just suggest the reason why you're still here? Give you the Cliff Notes version on it. You just want the Cliff Notes? I'll give you this. The reason why you're still here is to display the superiority of the life lived in Christ. That's why we're here. We've got a resource. Listen, we've got a resource in God, in His Son, Jesus Christ, in the Holy Spirit, in the Scriptures, the Word of God, in the fellowship of believers, in the, in the community, here at Celebration Church. We've got a resource that people outside of faith simply do not have. You know, ask that doctor that works in the ER that sees that person coming in time and time again holding a child and screaming and the hopeless, hopelessness and the despair of people that have nothing. And then contrast that with the person that's got grief and that has sorrow but has faith and that has trust in the Lord. Totally different thing. Now... Whatever you're facing, and there's no doubt in my mind, Celebration Church, we're, we're a big church. We're spread across all these campuses. There are people here that when James said trials of all kinds, there's people here facing trials of all kinds here at Celebration Church this morning. So let's see what the scripture has to say about it. In James chapter 1, it said in verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, brothers and sisters. Consider it a joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. And you're like, well, why, what, why would I do that again? Well, here it is. Because you know that the testing, and remember, this is a test, right? And most of us, we don't like tests, but it's a test, and we want to pass this test. You say, well, what's happening to me? Why is this going on in my life? I think this will help. You're, you're being tested. You say, well, well, what's going on? Why did this come in? You're being tested. Well, what's being tested in my life? Well, here, it says it right here. It says your faith is being tested. Here's a question. How much will you trust God for? How long will you trust God? How sure are you in his promises? You're being tested. My faith is being tested. Now, like I said, I've been through this test before. And uh, didn't you love it in school when the teacher would say, all right, tomorrow's the test, but I'm going to give you the questions that are on the test. That was a good thing, right? Well, I'm going to give you this morning. I'm going to give you some of the questions that are on that test, all right? So here's the test. We all have to take it many times in life. We're all going to take this test. So if you're the guy that's sitting here this morning, you're like, you know, Bob, I got to tell you, I don't know what you're talking about. Things are going great in my family. Been going good in my family for more than a decade. No trials of any kind. Oh, oh really? Well, I don't think that's very good, good news for you this morning. You know why? Because the Bible says, it says this in Hebrews, that God tests all of his kids. That God tests all of his children. It says the Lord disciplines every son whom he receives. So all God's kids are getting it, all right? All God's kids are getting it. So if you're not getting it, maybe you need to go back to go. Uh, don't go collect your $200, but you got to make sure you got on the right gospel train because all God's kids are getting it. So if you're getting it this morning, you're in good company, all right? All God's kids are getting it. So here it is. Let me give you the test. It's a three-part test. Here's the first question. Always the easiest question first, right? First question on the tra- test. Do you believe that God is in control? Do you believe God's in control? Uh, and I'm not talking about God's in control, like he's all freaked out, like this just happened, and oh my goodness, what's going on? And, and we're on it, we're doing the best we can. Jesus, get over here, I need your help. And, and he's, God's not like that, is he? He's not stressed out. He's not freaked out. He's not stressed. He's not strained. God's not in control like that, right? God is in control. He doesn't wipe the sweat off of his forehead. God's in control. So the first question, do you believe God's in control? Number two, do you believe that God is good? Do you believe God's in control? And do you believe that God's good? 
you'd say, ah, you know, I don't really see that. I don't really see that, that that's happening. Well, you got to tell you, it, it's not done yet. We try to pull out so quick. We give up so fast. We stop driving down the road, but I got to tell you, you got to hang in there a while. That's what trusting God is all about. We got to wait it out. We got to wait for God. Can you pass the test? One, do you believe God's in control? Two, do you believe that God is good? And here's the last question. It's the hardest question on the test. And look, I want you to pass the test. Here it is, the third question. Are you willing to wait by faith until you see it? Because some of you are like, Bob, you know what? All right, I can believe that God's in control. I can believe that. But I got to tell you, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I can believe that God's in control, and I can believe that God is good. But in my family, i got to tell you, I'm not seeing those things right now. So the third question becomes really important, doesn't it? Are you willing to wait by faith until you see it? Are you willing to wait by faith? Because a lot of people's answer that they would give is, nope, 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 I'm not willing to wait. I'm done with this. I didn't sign up for this. I had no idea that marriage was going to be this difficult. I had no idea that raising kids was going to be this hard. And we just bail, right? We give, we give up. And we got it. We tr- sometimes we just try to take control of it. We push God out of the way. Now we're in the line of fire, and it's not a great place to be, is it? You're being tested. So here it is. It said, can, "Count it, consider it, consider it a joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith. See, because we're like, well, why, why, why should I consider it a joy? Though, why should I consider this a joy? Uh, you know, I, I okay." It's a test. Even if I pass this test, where does this joy part come in? All right. How many in favor of seeing the joy part? You want to see where the joy comes in? Let's take a look. Here it comes. Verse 3. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces... What's that word? Perseverance. Yeah. A lot of our translations... The Bible's got some great translations. Some of them will say uh, steadfastness, endurance, patience gives us a lot of different words there. Perseverance. The reason why there's so many different words given for that there is because there's not really one good translation of that word into the English language. The, the literal translation of that word is to remain under. To remain under. So let's look at the verse again with that. It says, it says count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds... Because you know that the testing of your faith produces the ability to remain under. Now that's what I really wanted to share today. That's what I wanted to share. That God's producing in you the ability to remain under. When I got this, this is something that I'm, I tell you has changed my life. It's continuing to change my life. And I believe that it can change your life. What, because what is the first thing we want to do when we start facing a test? What's the first thing? We look for the exit ramp, right? I didn't, how did I get on this road? I'm getting off this road. I didn't sign up for this. You know, I'm going to a different business. I'm going to a different church. And we bail. We bail. We give up. And God forgive us. What God's trying to teach you and what God is trying to teach me. You say, well, why is this happening to me? Well, it's testing your faith to produce the ability to remain under. And it's something we've got to get. God is trying to teach us how to remain under pressure. I need a volunteer here this morning. Can I get a volunteer? Oh, this isn't going to work. All right. This isn't going to work. How you doing? Good. You can wave to the camera, say hi to everybody. Hi. All right. I'm God. This should be God. We should, we should switch, but you'll break my ankle. All right. Here's the picture, right? 
God is putting the pressure on. <laughs> yeah, it's not working. Well, all right, you can go back. You're done. You're out of the sermon. Thank you. picture though isn't it that's the picture of uh, uh, god is putting the pressure on you and what are you trying to do you're trying to get out from underneath it or you're trying to give god a piggyback ride one or the other because but god's a big guy so when the pressure's on that's what's happening and we want to get out from underneath it new marriage different family different job different city i'm out of here i'm done i'm out of here i'm gone and i can promise you that's one of the top things we tend to do as christians we bow, we give up, and God is trying to produce this inside of us. So um, I, I do a Bible study uh, with some guys uh, during the week, and we've been reading through uh, different books of the Bible, and we happen to be in Hebrews. And Pastor Mark, uh, if you remember, we just got finished with a series on faith, and he's been talking about uh, faith, and we were in the book of Hebrews a lot. And if, in fact, if you missed some of those uh, messages, we're in the process of putting all of our messages right now on our website, uh, www.celebrationchurch.tv, and if you missed them, you'll be able to watch all those messages online. So pretty cool. So uh, be watching for those, or you can go get the old podcast for free. But check it out, great messages on faith. And we were in Hebrews, and so it was great timing for my group of guys. We're, we're in Hebrews, and we're reading through uh, chapter 11 now. And it's talking about, you know, by faith, these guys, they, they conquered armies and they saw miracles and they did all these great things. And by faith, they did this. And, and then you get towards the end of the chapter and it takes a turn. And then all of a sudden it's like, by faith, they didn't see the things promised. By faith, some of these were sawed in two and they were stoned to death. And, and it takes this turn. And so we're talking and, and we ask the question. We just went around the table. How well do you do when a trial or a test comes into your life? And, you know, scale of one to five, how do you do? So most of us, you know, not very good, you know. So, so we're going, to, well, why don't you do very good? And here were some of the top things. It was, it was uh, pride was one of them. Pride comes in. So you're going through something and pride gets in the way. And you're, you know, you just, no, I'm better than all this, whatever, you know, and, and pride comes in and messes with you when you're going through a test. Another one was, we lash out. You know, I'm here, but you're all going to know that I'm here, right? It, it's anger, you're going to suffer because I'm here, and I'm gonna, we're going to punish people because of the pain of remaining under. Uh, some of us, we just bail, we be bail, we give up, I'm out of here, I'm leaving, I didn't sign up for this, I'm done. Uh, another one is sometimes we just fold. You know, God, run me over. I'm done. I'm finished. Run me over. Get it finished with God. Just kill me. I'm done. You know, and some of us, we just fold. And none of these things are good. None of these things are remaining under. Look, God is trying to do an awesome thing inside of us. He is trying to build in you the capacity to remain under the pressure of whatever he allows to come into your life. And that's the test. You're like, all right, if I pass the test, then what do I get? So I'll answer that in James 2. Let's look at verse 4. It says, Let perseverance or steadfastness, endurance, let remaining under finish its work. Uh, so you're like, all right, if I learn how to remain under, if I get this perseverance, then, then what do I get? Well, here's what you get. You get to be mature. Some translations will say perfect, complete, not lacking anything. How does that sound? You know, uh, that is what God is trying to create. He's trying to bring a completeness into our lives. 
You get that and you get everything. Here's the deal. Steadfastness, perseverance, remaining under, that is the funnel through which all Christian virtue flows. If God can get that single characteristic inside of you, he can get to you everything else. He can make you more loving. He can make you more discerning. He can make you more compassionate towards those in need. He can make you more evangelistic towards those in your life that need to know the Lord. He can do that in your life. If he can get that single characteristic in you, she doesn't quit. He stays with it. If he can just get that in you, he can get everything else to you. This is the funnel through which all Christian virtue flows. And that is a reason to consider it a joy. Because now when the storms of life come, when the trial comes, it's not some random thing that fell into your life. It's a chance to stand up in the midst of all that and say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing inside of me? What are you trying to perfect? And if God can get this in you, he can get everything else to you. You're not, I, I got to tell you, you're not the mother you're supposed to be. You're not the Christian you're supposed to be. You're not the employer. You're not the employee. We're not that person yet, right? So how are we going to become that person that God's called us to be? Well, answer is through testing. You say, well, what's the testing for? Testing is producing the ability to remain under. And if you get that, you get everything. And that is a reason to consider it a joy. So next time the test comes, you're like, oh, man, if God is doing something inside of me and he is te- he's teaching me the ability to remain under, and if I get this, I get everything else. I'm not going to be a quitter anymore. I'm not going to run and hide anymore. I'm not going to act like life is random and out of control. There is a God. He rules the universe, and he can handle whatever comes into our lives. And the promise that the Bible gives is that he's going to take everything that happens in your life and turn it into a story that's good if you remain under the pressure. If you remain with God. God is going to use things in your life. He's going to use it to advance the kingdom of God, the purposes of why you're still here, to do life in a different way. God's going to use those things. You know, I I mentioned I've been through some tests. I got to tell you, I'm not even the same person that I was before I've gone through some of the things I've gone through. I know that I'm going to continue to become more Christ-like as I go through, through things. I wouldn't even want to go back to being the person I was. I'm a, better, I'm a better husband. I'm a better dad. I'm a better Christian. I'm better because of the things that I've gone through. You know, don't stop doing that thing that God's called you to. God is doing something amazing in your life, and that's a reason for joy. You know, the, the pain of it can be, though, that we don't always understand what God's doing, Right? And that's what verse 5 is about if we read on in James. Verse 5 says this. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom. I used to pray that uh, prayer when I was in college when I didn't study for a test. Yeah, God never answered that prayer. Uh, He never answered that prayer. But if we read in verse 5, that's not what it's about, is it? It says, if any of you lacks wisdom... It's about passing the test, right? It's about the ability to remain under. If you lack wisdom about that, God's going to answer that prayer. You pray not the, you know, why is this happening to me, God? Not the big universal why, but you pray the personal why. You know, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to, how are you trying to make me better through this? You pray that prayer, you're going to get a big time answer to that prayer. You lack wisdom, you ask God. You know, he gives to all generously is what it says. That means he literally, he won't refuse you. 
He's not going to sink his teeth into you. That God's going to give you an answer to that prayer. He'll give you some insight into what is going on. Uh, You know, sometimes people are like, you know, my prayers never get answered. Well, that's because we're praying for stupid stuff. Stop praying for stupid stuff. Pray for wisdom. Pray for something like this. God's going to give you some answer to that prayer. Um, You know, I wanted to... uh, I didn't give you this verse. uh, If you could pull up Hebrews chapter 12. Dawn, if you're listening. If you're awake, pull up Hebrews 12. Dawn is the greatest computer operator in the world. I'm looking right at you, Dawn. James, nope. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I'll... There we go. It says, thank you, Don. Hand clap for Don. Go, Don. Go, Don. All right. It says, therefore, you know, we were reading through, uh, my, my group was reading through Hebrews 12. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, uh, a cloud of witnesses, uh, it's talking about since all these people that have gone before us, we're surrounded by them. We should be able to throw off all those weights that so easily entangle us. Uh, we don't have time to do it, but I'd encourage you, uh, when you get a chance, go read the story of Daniel in the lion's den in chapter 6 of the book of Daniel. And these stories of these guys that went before us should be encouraging in our lives. And, you know, talk about a guy that had to be gripped with fear when he got thrown into the lion's den. And if you, if you read about it, it gives us some insight. And it said that before he was thrown into the lion's den, that he was praying three times a day as it was his habit of doing. There had to be something in Daniel's daily routine that God gave him that ability to get through such a tough situation. We should build that habit of prayer into our lives. Pray, God, help me. Simple prayer. God, help me. Help me not quit. Help me not to give up. Pray. Spend time connecting with God. That's going to be a key in our lives. You've got to read the story. So, God's going to give you answers to that prayer. You ask him for wisdom. If you're not getting answers to that prayer, I'd encourage you just to ask one or two of your family members and they'll give you some answers to that prayer. God, what are you trying to do inside of me? How are you trying to make me better? I thought I'd close with this. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 says this. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. What an amazing prayer for us to pray. That ought to be what we can say someday. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you would give us that supernatural joy that comes from you. God, that joy that comes because we don't give up, because you're doing something inside of us, because you're perfecting us. I pray that we would be able to say that we fought the good fight, we finished the race, I've kept the faith, that we'd remain under the pressure, God, so you'd be able to complete in us what you're trying to do, God, that you're building in us great character, you're building in us great faith. We ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen.